When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Mike Singer from Blue and Gold with a YouTube live show here kicking off Sunday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And this is the Mike Goolsby show. So we are going to be talking, um, I don't know, Mike, you want to talk some hockey or, you know, maybe some badminton? Yeah, I was interested. We could get into the weather. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, definitely appreciate good group already live with us. So do um, you know, lo- love that we have a good group live with us here. And um, as always, a couple of housekeeping items. Please drop a super chat. If I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions for Mike Goolsby. We have a lot of things to talk about. So if you want to ask Mike a question, you're going to have to, you know, drop a super chat and we will get to it at one point or another. Make sure when you, if you do drop one, include a question with it. So, um, you know, we can see that. And please hit the thumbs up on this video and subscribe to our Blue and Gold YouTube channel so you can check out all the good stuff we have going on um, at Blue and Gold. So, chat, I hope you guys are all doing well. Drunk Vigo says you're looking ruggedly handsome with your beard. Um, I, I have to agree. You're, you're joining the Mike Singer goatee, you know, gang. I guess I don't get I don't get this like you do, but. Well, how old are you? 29. Just turned 29. It'll come. Just get <laughs> Hey, happy birthday to you, too. That was a real yeah. shit birthday you had yesterday, huh? Yeah, Michael. I had my 40th birthday. Uh, you know, in, in, in terms of the beard, we've been out camping for two weeks out in Montana, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I've just been, been rocking the beard trying to fit in out there. But, um, yeah, dude, drove back from Billings, Montana. actually stayed with an ex-teammate of mine, Pat Ryan. Played linebacker with me way back when. Stayed at his house whatever it was Thursday flew back 12 hours straight Friday to get settled in for the big game, you know, uh, big birthday. And it was just, uh, less than ideal, man, less than ideal. So it was definitely a bummer. Is there a loss in your career that felt a lot like this one? They all suck. Yeah. I mean, all losses suck, but it's like selfishly, Mike, like as long as this just sounds awful, but like, as long as I played well, it was a little bit more like I could stomach a loss. If I, if I knew I did my part and a loss like this, Mike, nobody did their part. Um, so that's, it's brutal in that way. And then you got beat up, you know, you got out physical in your own backyard, your head coach's debut, the head coach that these jerk offs picked, right? I mean, they handpicked this coach, the team, his guys, you elevate Coach Freeman, and you, uh, you know, you lay an egg his um, his home debut, and that was just adds to a, another layer of just how brutal this really was. I can't so hear Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike is not uh, holding back already. So, Mike, what, <laughs> what really pisses you off the most? What really is just getting your goat right now? Well, I want to get to the, like the offense last, and I and I, you know, I watched a couple other Notre Dame podcasts, and 
um, last night and it was just, you know, that's how I spent my birthday, right? Watching, it just, nobody's got, nobody seems to have an answer in terms of Notre Dame specific football coverage media um, as to what is going on, what happened. And, you know, I've got a unique perspective as an ex-player, an ex-captain that really kind of relished that leadership role. And it was really important to me. So that was like, I kind of want to take that on. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the defense and I want to talk about the offense last. If that's all right with my co-host, good buddy, Mike Sanger. So let's do it. So it's like, um, we've been like this game in particular, we were soft and, you know, as a man, as a football athlete, like being called soft is probably like the worst thing somebody could, somebody could refer to you as. And with them picking the head coach, I feel like, and we talk about kind of the culture that Brian Kelly created. And I, I saw an interview with Bo Bauer, speaking of jerk offs, uh, also a captain, worried me. I texted Tim Hyde this. Coach Freeman is kind enough and had enough forethought to like invite all the ex players back, open door policy for the spring game. We had a nice dinner, really, really nice setup. A lot of effort went into this. Bo Bauer was the only kid on the entire team, Mike, that showed up wearing uh, sneakers, you know, and it's, like cool, dude. But you're like you're, you know, it's, it goes back to like Drew Pine with his belly button hanging out in the spring game. Um, I'm not a fan of as a leader people calling attention to themselves. I'm gonna assume that Bo Bauer owns a pair of dress shoes, right? Which is I'm gonna assume it. So he's the only kid in there wearing Jordans. Um, so that like he's in a leadership role. So I already lost my train of thought. I'm so worked up about this still. But like. Everything's been so lovey-dovey in that room. I saw Bo Bauer get interviewed. He talked about, like, I can't wait to go play with my brothers. So, like, I think Coach Kelly kind of helped create this brotherhood sort of culture in that locker room. Um, but, you know, you can love your brother, but you can also get in his ass. Like, you can hold him, call him out in the carpet. You need to hold each other accountable. And I don't see that. Like, I saw so many loafs on defense from you know, guys that we – want to become stars like a Maris Leofau. They throw that they throw that wide receiver gadget. It's going to be a wide receiver pass. And the, and the guy takes off for a first down. Benjamin Morrissey didn't get, you know, outside contained. But, like, Maris is one of two players that loafed on that play. That's unacceptable in that locker room. So I think, like, since Coach Freeman's been hired, it's been so much love and so much positivity and so many, so many like, good vibes, good feels in that locker room that maybe they're like drinking their own Kool-Aid and they're sort of living in this like Hollywood fantasy um, in like newsflash fellas, like Ohio state doesn't give a shit and Marshall doesn't give a shit. Right. Like it's almost as if like they sort of self anointed themselves. Um, and then the other thing was just looking at the contrast between the first half of the Ohio State game loved it. Came out with energy, swagger that we haven't seen in a long, long time. A long time. I mean, maybe even back to when I was playing, like with Shane Walton out there playing corner, and you know, um, and that was that was great. And it didn't work. We lost the game. It almost felt like a little bit of immaturity from the team in that, like we're going to come out and throw. A knockout punch. We're going to come out so confident and so sw swaggerific 
that it's going to be over. And it's like, no, man, this is a four quarter game. It takes maturity as a football player to understand that you got like it has to be sustained confidence, sustained energy for four quarters for an entire season. Yes. Sure. Came out cocky as hell the first half of the Ohio State game. There's still another half to play. And uh, it's it's like – help me put that together, Mike. It's like the lovey-doveyness in the locker room. We picked our own head coach. We're awesome. The Freeman era. We come out confident. It doesn't work. We lose the game. And now what's your identity as a team? Who are you going to be? So what, what, what do you think – like when they're when they're coming out there, how how do you say that they're cocky? Like what what did you see that? Well, it was made, a lot of this on defense. I mean, just the energy. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, in particular, the secondary. I mean, it was so animated and so cocky. Kind of again, really reflecting sort of that confidence that Brandon Joseph brings to that DB room. But like I said, I mean, you've got to come out in the second half and you got to play the same way. So. The big challenge is like the coaching, the play calling, everybody can get into that. Everybody's throwing Coach Reese under the bus. I get it, man. But as we've always talked about on here, bro, I look at everything through a player's eyes and those players need to hold each other accountable. Like when we used to do conditioning back then, dude, like I would borderline getting the dust ups with people in conditioning, you know, because you're dead weight, man. I mean, you don't even play and you can't make a time in conditioning. Like I got a problem with that as a leader. Oh, but he's my brother. It's like, no, F that, man. Um, and then, like, the big part, and I've heard, I heard a couple of different folks talk about this, is that, and we talked about this in the first episode, it's like, you're breaking in a new quarterback, you're breaking in a new head coach. You know, the team's got to prop those guys up, right? Um, so, like, you know, the offensive line played poorly again, and the defense played very poorly, very poorly. And uh, it's easy to point the arrow at Tyler Buckner, it's easy to point the arrow at Coach Reese. I don't see too many darts being thrown Freeman's way quite yet, but those kids got to look at themselves in the mirror and figure out what type of brand of football are we going to play. So throw out all the lovey-dovey Hollywood tale. You know, I've seen enough of the video, you know, with Coach Freeman walking in the locker room, Coach Bayless and Altman, like that shit's done with, dude. Like we're in the season and you got punched in the face twice now and I haven't seen us uh, fight back. And that's super concerning. All off season, I was like, man, the Freeman's doing everything right. But you don't know like what the product is going to look like on the field. There's so many question marks, but it was just, there was such a, a swag factor, a cool factor about Notre Dame. Yeah. But you know, what's cool and not cool is Winning games is cool and losing games ain't. And Notre Dame's 0-2, Freeman's 0-3. Um, yeah, it's a rocky. I, I believe in Freeman because I believe in him as a person. But uh, the schedule doesn't get any easier from here. Notre, I mean, Notre Dame obviously lost to Ohio State, one of the tougher opponents on the schedule. But then you lose to the easiest team on your schedule. Cal next week. They're not very good offensively. Um, they've they put up thirty. They, they beat UC Davis thirty four to thirteen, and then UNLV lowly UNLV twenty to fourteen at home. Um, but just Wilcox, he's a good defensive coach. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nervous. Well, blood, my blood is in the yeah. Blood is in the water in terms of our upcoming opponents. Blood is in the water, and. 
you know, my best friend growing up, he's a Notre Dame fan. He texts me during the game, like, what is it with these home games? Uh, and, you know, part of it's the pregame mass thing, which I've talked about. Part of it's the crowd um, isn't as electric as like what you saw in the horseshoe, obviously, for a night game. Night and day games make all the difference in the world as in terms of a game day environment as a player. Um, but part the other part is, man, all these teams are coming to Notre Dame. This is their goddamn Super Bowl. Right. And you got to match that intensity. You just do. I mean, even if you get, you got to meet them halfway and then let your talent make up the rest of the gap. Right. Uh, but there's just no excuse, like specifically for defense. Like when I you talk about the culture of the program, I know for a fact that they had a very physical training camp. Um, very, very physical training camp. Coach Freeman kept using the term bloodbath. He wanted to make that game against the Buckeyes a bloodbath a slug fest, right? We're going to out-tough them, right? Um, and it didn't work. So now what is your identity? If you if you went through training camp, you went through all those summer workouts embracing that identity, and it doesn't work. You put up a good fight, man, but you, you lost. But you still got to carry that identity through. And you can talk about the offensive scheme, the play calling or whatever, but that doesn't mean an offensive line forgets how to fire off the ball. So they're a little bit like lost. They're kind of floundering to that identity, uh, to find an identity. And that's what really uh, is concerning. And I put this loss on the offensive line and I put it on the defense. You know, you got Jared Patterson uh, false starting, you know, throwing a temper tantrum I heard after the game. And that's just, that's poor leadership. Um, and, uh, I just, I, like I said, I, I, and I, you know, I, you know, I love to watch the linebackers, bro. And it's just like, they don't fill, they're not, they don't fill, they don't get to their gap. They either catch, they kind of drift. Um, and again, for a team that was kind of internally branding themselves as these tough guys, you did it for one half and yeah, I haven't seen it since. So that means to me, it's like, it's false bravado and you're a fake tough guy. It's a lot like watching, again, I live in Nebraska folks. I watched the Huskers. Um, the Huskers, in more or less, that entire locker room was filled with fake tough guys. Um, it's the worst. It's the a horrible character trait um, to be a successful football team, to be a successful football athlete. Mike, you're making me nervous. <laughs> you're making. I'm me just nervous. saying, man. You're making. I'm me just nervous saying. Bit. I don't want my show to get canceled. <laughs> well, look, 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 going back to defense. Yeah. Like when I played, when we played, I mean, it was, it was unthinkable to not run to the ball. It was unthinkable, you know, and your teammates and your coaches, I mean, they would hold you. Greg Madison, God love him. I saw him over the spring. You know, he recruited me to Notre Dame, went on, I mean, coached for 30, 40 years, you know, retired at 70 years old. Hell of a ball coach. I mean, he freaking embarrass you if you got caught loafing on the field. And like me personally, as a linebacker, uh, fact check me, dude. Like every time the play ended on the screen, I wanted to be in the screen. I don't care if it was 50 yards downfield. I was there just out, out of pride, you know? So that's something that's like, it's unacceptable as a defense to not rally to the ball. And that's why we haven't had a tip pass. That's why we haven't had a forced fumble. That's why we haven't had an interception. No, It's turnovers. stuff like that. No turnovers defensively. And uh, Notre Dame is what, 31 points this season, which USC put up more than in the first half against Stanford. So couple super chats mike peter says 
Reese doesn't have a coherent offensive system. I know you said you wanted to kind of focus on the defense first. Are you ready? We to can jump into that? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go all over the place, dude. Tim, uh, you're, uh, sorry, Mike. Mike, you're talking about um, – sorry, I just see a handsome face. I think it's Tim, but it knows it was you, Mike. He is a good-looking uh, guy. There's no – the offense right now is run Tyler Buckner and throw to Michael Mayer. And then, you know – the one one time, you know, Notre Dame's dropping back, or I would throw in Lorenzo Styles too, and, and you have Mayer wide open, and and of course Buckner throws the pick six. But man, I watched that back of Mayer. They kind of stacked Mayer and somebody else, and, and the other receiver ran right upfield. Mayer ran the out wide open, um, but. This is the Mike Goolsby show, not the Mike Singer show. No, no, I mean I agree. I, the kid missed a read, but it, I have a a bizarre amount of like empathy for Tyler Buckner, just cause he's such a young kid and I have such high hopes for him. And you know, I, I talked about that. I mean, going back to the offense, right? So this is my notes, right? This last I'm up at two 30 in the morning, dude, rewatching the game. So here's my notes. We know we need to run the ball. You have to, you have an inexperienced quarterback that you don't necessarily know what you have with him. I can see the ability, but he lacks experience. You have he stand back. It's another reason you need to run the ball. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, you have no wide receivers. Jalen Thomas can't get any separation. God love him, but he can't create any separation. So we have a really thin wide receiver room. Um, and they're incredibly young. That's like reason 1B to run the ball. Uh, you know, in, I mean, th those, are, those are the two big ones. I mean, you got he stand. You have no wide receiver group. Um and we even have like two young running backs. It's like everybody's young. Go back to last season. The only reason we could run the ball last year was because of a man named Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams made 60% of his yards he made on his own. He even changed his running style like three, four games into the season. Kind of went to that Le'Veon Bell stop-start sort of pick his gap move sure. type thing. But, yes, there is no – let's get back to the super chat. There is no identity on offense. I appreciate Coach Reese trying. I mean, we went empty. We went tempo. We went 12 personnel. We went 11 personnel. Um, he doesn't utilize the middle of the field. There's when, when even the, the, the Ohio State game, it was a conservative game plan going back to that idea of having that slugfest fist fight. Um, this game, we switched it up. I mean, I tracked like the first two, three, four series. Like we threw deep five times. Um, Lindsey and, 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 uh, and Tyler don't have a connection. And a lot of that comes down to execution. I mean, Lindsey, you Mike, you played a receiver. You played receiver, right? You know, third team all conference, dude. Yeah. Who does who who does who of Notre Dame's three quarterbacks that Lindsey's played with, who has he had a connection with? It's always I, I said last podcast, I think he's a fine player. I just don't think he's got that um just just the innate kind of like we our boy Rico Flores, right? He's got that – he's got something to him in terms of, like, he knows how to get open. He knows how to make contested catches. Lindsey will not do it unless everything's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's like pat and go during a warm-up. But, Mike, if you're going to run a go route, right, where would coach line you up at? Are you outside the numbers, on the numbers, inside the numbers? You're going to run a nine route. Where do you, like where do, right where do you on, think – About right on the number. Okay. So, Lindsey's on the numbers. He gets walked – I mean, just escorted right to the sidelines. And you're going to put that on Buckner – but some of that's on Lindsay to not allow himself to get, you know, washed out to the sideline. So, yeah, there is no offensive identity. But to me, it starts with the offensive line. 
I mean, you can see like Josh Lugg's stance. He has no hip flexibility. I mean, he's at 90 degree angle. His feet are down here and this is his helmet, right? And all he can do is you can't fire out from this stance. You can't. All he does is stand up and then move. There's no, you know, hip engagement, right? Snap of the hips. So it was bad, but it all comes down to being able to run the ball. The play selection, even running the ball is is tricky at times. I don't feel like that Reese understands what back he has in the game at any given point in time. We're running toss pitches to estimate. There's plays where estimate runs, he's running towards the sideline. I mean, when in terms of when he gets the ball and then I... We just, Mike, we just lost your audio, man. Mike, can you hear me? Just lost your audio, Mike. Oh, I think I can hear you now, Mike. Give me a check. Can you hear me all right? I, I can hear you now. Check, I don't know check. what happened, but I lost you for a second. It sounded weird. Sorry, buddy. No. Sorry, audience. But yeah, so yeah, the, the, the play call, I don't, I don't know what I don't know what to do other than to go back to trying to pound the rock. A little bit of play action. It's not, it's not in a way, man. Um in a way, in a sick way, I was glad that Pine threw that pick to a defensive end. You know, because it's like, okay, maybe Pine's not the answer. Maybe this isn't all on Tyler. I don't think anyone is going to say Pine's the answer. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about Buckner right now. Same. I don't know. I don't know. Same. Because just drop back, quarterback like Jack Cohn. It's got to be like, I don't know, Mike, RPO, play action. It's got to, I feel like it kind of needs to be other than like Buckner running the football, RPO, design runs, whatever it is. He's outstanding. Like he's the best running back on the team, right? And a lot of times he's going to be the best running back on the field. But as far as him throwing the ball, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think. Does it need to be less of him just dropping back or does it need to be – a lot simpler reads for him. Um, I, I don't know, Mike. What do you think? Because, I mean, that yeah. throw to Lindsay, it was a little too far out. You can put a little blame on both of them, but it was a hell of a throw. It was the, a hell the, of a throw. Yeah, you're talking about the play before half? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler steps up in the pocket. Um, and, yeah, I would say it's a 50-50 equation, Mike. I mean, it – if you were again as a you know third team all conference uh, class you know f football in, in Florida wherever you played, if that ball hits you in the hands, I'm pissed. At who got it? At yourself. Oh yeah, oh yeah, should have caught it. There you have it. There you have yeah. it. It hit him in the hands. Yes, it could have been more perfect. It could have my, been. My quarterback would be pissed at me too, but he knows. Eh, you know, well, and that's the other thing. Like poor Tyler. I mean, Tyler is the offense, but yes, I think it should be a simplified read. Um, and then just pull it down and go. And then even on the that RPO game, right, where he rides the running back, he tends to, like, swing it. Where's my hands on the screen? He tends to swing it way wide, right? And he's running horizontally as opposed to putting his foot in the ground and straightening it up. I mean, it makes it more difficult. It takes the safety's angle. It takes the linebacker's angle away if you straighten him up. You give him a three-way go. But, yeah, Tyler's stressed, dude. He is stressed. Like, I turned – I, you know, I turned that game off. I was watching the Georgia Southern Nebraska game. Like, how the hell does Georgia Southern's quarterback just like sling it? Like, why is it every other? Why is it like every other game you watch? It's like, oh, this is what an offense looks like. It's so strange, man. But I, I think it's I think it's pound the ball, 
simplify the read one two turn pull down and go tyler make something happen one more quick thing we got to get a couple super chats i think like when we were texting yesterday this infamous group chat meet you and tim it's definitely legendary i i was not pleased about buckner's performance but as i kind of reflect and think back on it this sophomore second start the offense is on his shoulders i'm kind of yeah the look does he have the arm talent is his throwing motion a little funky Yes, but his arm talent I'm actually feeling better about after seeing these first two games than I was coming into the season. Mm -hmm. So him being able to make those decisions, that will improve in time. Um, But he's asked to be, you know, me and Tim Hyde love talking about this truck or trailer. He's asked to be a truck right now to carry this offense. And he can when it comes on the, when it's on the ground. And he ran the ball pretty well. Um, pull up these stats again real quick for for youtube folks um another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary vgw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus 44 net rushing yards but when you take out the sacks 13 or so it would be less than 13 attempts it would be like nine i think he got sacked for three or four times or something be like nine attempts for 52 yards and two touchdowns or whatever it would be um he runs the ball really well but playing against Justin Wilcox defense, it's like, what are they going to do, Mike? They're going to, I would assume, stack the box, spy Buckner, and like bracket, um, bracket, uh, mayor, put your best corner on, on Styles. That's just one media guy's opinion. No, I, you can go back and watch the film. I mean, there was a, I think his first deep attempt, Joe Alt got beat inside, and then he has a guy in his face. Let you shut your mouth. Go. No one, Joe Walt didn't do anything wrong. You shut your mouth, Goolsby. He absolutely did. I mean, I'm so it's, it, that's why we love football. One of the reasons I love football, it's, it's such a team game. So it's like, okay, granted, he shouldn't have thrown that the first pick six to Jaden Thomas, but like Jaden Thomas didn't give me any effort. He looked like Deion Colsey. I mean, and when Deion Colsey comes back, I mean, he's not the answer either because he plays at half speed. Uh, you know, he don't he doesn't know how to compete. So it's like, it goes back to like, what I said last week, and I'll say again, you have a young kid at quarterback that has a lot of physical God-given ability, and we have to, like, help him, right? You have to help him. You have to be able to pick up a, a simple line stunt on the offensive line. Um, it's it's stuff like that. I mean, again, Mayor to me, and I've been saying it since last year, I mean, Mayor is an angel. I mean, Mayor is a, such a godsend. What a stud. He's the only guy that throughout his career – is is dependable and will will go up and, and and again like I try like step outside of himself and go make a play. I, I just don't see enough kids willing to do that 
Uh, and we'll start to, I'm starting to categorically put Lorenzo Styles in there too. And then Logan Diggs, you're done, dude. I, I, yeah, I like Logan Diggs last year. I thought he put on a bunch of weight, bad weight. I remember talk, texting you and Tim about that. He looked a little puffy to me. Um, goes back to what I was saying five minutes ago on a different rant. Reese doesn't know what back is in the game in terms of the play call selection. Two games in a row, Diggs has royally effed up pass pro. And I've had that labrum surgery twice. Uh, he's not in a physical, like he's not in, in, in a physical, he's not in a good enough place physically to take on that blitzer like a Kyron Williams is. Like he gives it this half-ass kind of chicken wing thing and costs his team. He shouldn't be in there in those scenarios. And as far as a ball carry, he hasn't shown me anything. And where the hell is Chris Tyree? I mean, Chris, Ty you got John Michael Mayer, Lorenzo Styles, Lindsey in a perfect world, perfect pass, everything. And then uh, you need Tyree in terms of like your weaponry that we feel confident about. Yeah. Um, the chat is buzzing right now about go Buckner. for it, dude. Let it rip. Well, we haven't even talked about the the possible injury. I mean, Mike, when he fell down on his shoulder, that looked like collarbone separated. That doesn't look good. And was that on his right shoulder? I guess it doesn't matter which shoulder it's that on. That was his left shoulder. Okay, it, it doesn't matter because I was texting you guys during the game. It's like they need to run the ball for this offense to be able to move. But totally. the more you run Buckner, the more likely he's to get hurt. The guy's got injury history. And you're the, just like the game, the loss is on the the loss is on the offensive line and the defense. That was the, going into the season, those were our two our two strengths. You know, specifically the front four. Uh I mean the back half, the back half of the defense has played played great against Ohio State, played totally average pedestrian against uh Marshall, but uh, yeah, the losses on the offensive line of the defense take some of that weight off of Tyler's shoulders. Not surprised he was hurt. I actually think he hurt it in the Ohio State game too. At the very end of that game, he was undoing his helmet, uh, both sides. You know, typically you do it like this, and right. he was doing did both sides with the right arm, and his left arm was hanging. And so I, I saw that at the end of the game. Interesting. So it could be like that a fall like that, AC joint, you know, something like that. But Tyler's playing his ass off and. Um, I just, like I said, I feel for that kid. I want to see what we have. We kind of know what we have behind him, you know, in terms of, uh, but yeah, the, the, and, the, and then goes back to the defense. Can I just get into the defense and we can jump into the super chats, folks? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, get questions, what have you. Isaiah Foskey, get into a freaking uh, three-point stance. Get into a three-point stance, you know? Like he's playing that 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 track stance, you know. He's not even like in a wide wide base where he's stout. He's in a track stance, uh, and I started tracking his like pass rush moves. That's how into this I got. Like how many he doesn't even he hasn't even thrown like moves. Every he just comes off the line and engages with the offensive lineman and tries to run around the corner. So when you're in that two point stance, like it's not conducive to taking on a block. It's just not. Um, I'd love to see him in a three point stance. Our linebackers. They don't fill holes unless they're sent on a blitz, on a fire. They they will not fill a gap. And it's like – and I used to dog Drew White. Um, and Drew White was a good player, man. He really was. He's just so physically limited. He looked like a fullback. He looked, a little, looked like a little Tyrannosaurus Rex with a helmet on. His arms were so short. But uh, at least Drew would come down and fill a hole. And now I, I just don't see it. And then, like, 
the loafing. The guys are loafing. They don't run to the ball and rally as a team. And, dude, um, you know, playing defense, man, that's what's fun. You know, like that's fun to me. Um, it, it's to just fly around uh, and, and make stuff happen. I mean, that's fun. So yeah. they got to get back. I mean, it doesn't have to be like everybody's getting their asses chewed out. It's like get back to creating – creating some some havoc and having fun with that but anyways yeah but uh, look as far as buckner goes everyone in the chat saying oh he's done for the year freeman meets with the media tomorrow at noon well i'm I, that i'm sure that'll be the first thing that he's asked about so we will get more answers there well we already we already know buckner's a tough kid so i doubt he's gonna let himself be done for the year i doubt it Super chat time. And uh, yeah, we're, let's just get through these. Uh, definitely appreciate all of them. Milton fan says, uh, Chris Tyree's barely playing. Milton fan does not like the play calling. Buckner was only one making things happen and, and is getting all the crap. I feel there are problematic elements still in the program from the previous regime. What do you think, Mike? Um, in regards to sort of work that question backwards to front, back to front, Maybe Freeman, and this is all just a random hypothesis, but maybe Freeman assumed that the culture was better than it was. Um, in terms of like Lou Holtz wrote about this in one of his books. You know, I'm a big reader, Mike. Um, but it was like the stages of building a winning program, right? Like a team, a team has to learn how to compete first, and they have to learn how to win, and then they have to learn how to handle winning, right? Until they can kind of ascend to become a championship team. So, I think maybe Freeman had already assumed that he had that level of compete, heart, fire, desire, pride in the bag. You I mean, Notre Dame's got a good culture. Again, they're all great kids. Maybe they're too good at kids, um, but it may, so. Maybe, maybe, maybe they don't have that because just to let these teams, like a team like Marshall, just go on a 95 yard run, five minutes left in the game, one of your captains starts chewing ass, and then at the end of the game, another camp captain throws a temper tantrum. Um, you know, I'll tell you, dude, I had one instance like that as a player. We were playing Boston College, never beat them in my four years there, somehow, some way. And their whole thing, Mike, was to tear up the field. Like, they would take Notre Dame turf yeah. home with them. And Jeremy Trueblood, who was like 6'9", huge offensive tackle, played for the Bucks for a number of years. Their coach was talking to me at the end of the game, and I saw over the, over the corner of, my, of his shoulder, I saw a turf go up in the air. And I just made a beeline for that dude, and I grabbed his neck roll. Um, and uh, I forget. I mean, I saw red. I don't even know really what I said or what happened or whatever. And then, thank God, Carlisle Holiday was there, and then he sort of pulled me away. And I was just remember bawling. I remember just bawling because I was so upset. But like, I you know, I went at like an opponent for disrespecting our field. Right? It's different than like Jared Patterson, you know, taking his trying to take his ball and go home or whatever. So I don't know. It's bad. It's bad leadership. Um, put it this way, like Isaiah Foskey has been like a, he's a better actor than he is a football player at this point. He's costing himself a lot of money too. So is Cam Hart. Mike, if you were the head coach, what identity do you think the Irish should or, and, or could have? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I said earlier. I think we need to, um, become a physical running team 
take shots deep and play defense. I mean, th- that works every year in the NFL playoffs, folks. It just does. I mean, until the very, 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 very recent history with people, you know, indoor stadiums and people throwing the ball around the yard. But, yeah, lean on your strengths if we have any. And we thought it was the offensive line and our defense. Um, but it's just more of like a pride thing in terms of like we're all brothers. We all love each other. But it's okay to call, call your brother out uh, for playing soft. Uh, does Tommy Reese abandon the run too early? It's a question from Eric here. And uh, if you're looking at the rushing stats here, 37 carries. And again, you, you're going to have to tack a couple of those off due to sacks. Um, over over 30 carries does seem like a good bit. Um, but what, what what do you think to this question? I think, I think like Reese goes into series – and he's like, okay, this series is going to be the empty series. This series is going to be the 12 personnel series, et cetera, et cetera. He seems to do well, okay-ish, like the first couple series of a game because it seems like it's somewhat on script for him. But if you make him sort of go off script, he doesn't do well. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree with that, but I think he needs to – give Tyree the ball just because he's different in terms of like his overall burst and ability. Remember that's someone you're very excited about. And I, I thought he's looked good when he's gotten some a chance. I mean, we he's gave not... it to him on a, I think we gave it to him on a fourth down. <laughs> we gave it to like a, a scat back on fourth, fourth and short. And he picked it up three rushes for 17 yards. Three rushing attempts and then uh, was targeted twice and caught both of them for 14 yards. That's hey, crazy. Five touches offensively for. Uh, that's good production. It's good. Yeah, like it's I said, good. Logan, Logan. And then the other thing is, too, all of this rotation, like, why does it matter who's be who's the starter? How can you have a leader on your team if everybody's rotating so much? They're like, there has to be some sort of a stalwart. So it's like we're playing three running backs, Diggs. You haven't as far as two games in, Diggs, you haven't earned a snap. You haven't. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, like you rotate everybody. So, like, who's the guy who's gonna be the leader if you're always interchanging parts? So it's to the point now where it's like, okay, you got two games worth of film and uh stick with the guys that have been productive. So based off of that stat line with limited duty. Tyree's been very productive. Scott Frost for offensive coordinator says Jim Linton. What do you think, (laughs) Mike? uh, That's a hard no for me there, bud. Sounds easy enough. Um, Void Walker, 2006, says love your show. Love Notre Notre Dame um, since 91. Two drop passes down the seams on the receivers. That's the difference between winning and losing two touchdowns. I don't know if the Lindsey one, if he dove for it, he wasn't going to be able to stay up, but um, what, what's the other drop pass that I'm, what's the other one, Mike? Do you remember? The, I, I, I'm not, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. He caught me off yeah. guard with that, but that yeah. what he's saying is it comes down to execution. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, the kicker, the kicker missed the kick at the end of the game. Let's put it on the kicker. It's like, no, man, that's not how football works. It's just not, yeah. you know? All right. Uh, 
couple more super chats. Paul, if you have a question, please drop it um, in the comments. Um, definitely appreciate that. Um, Milton fan really uh, wants to go back here to super chat earlier. Um, I guess we just talked about Chris Tyree. Um, it, it, I mean, it, obviously you, you think he should get in the game more and, and then Buckner um, getting back in there. Or, or, but I, good, so, I mean, the scheme is one thing. The scheme is one thing. The, the coaches are good enough that they ought to be able to figure it out. But it's not on Coach Reese for offensive linemen giving up stunts. I mean, that's that's prep, right? But that's not play calling. So, like, in terms of what, break down what is a coach, Mike? It's a mentor. It's a leader. He's a play caller. He's a teacher, right? So if you're not prepared to pick up basic twists, stunts, et cetera, in a way, that's on coaching, but it's also on execution on offense, right? So everything has to come together, and everything feels offensively in particular, it feels so disjointed and consistently. And I said the same thing as long as I've known you, Mike. I've been talking about we don't have enough kids that want to stick their neck out and let their you know what's hang. That's going to be the first T-shirt, by the way. Let your nuts hang. We don't have enough guys that want to like go have fun and go make plays outside of Mayor and maybe Tyree and maybe Lorenzo Styles. Um, so that's is is that on coaching or is that on you looking at yourself in the mirror, you looking at your brother and challenging him? Bren, Chris says Goolsby's rant's giving me life right now. Hey, man. They make me nervous from You're time welcome. to time, but yes, <laughs> I just don't want to. What do you mean it makes you? What do you? What do you mean it makes you nervous, though, Mike? What do you mean by that? I, I don't know where you're going with some of these things. Oh, sure. Yeah, neither do I. I don't, don't want to get a call from Notre Dame being like, hey, if you guys want to cover Notre Dame games anymore, yeah, you got to get this Goolsby guy off your, you know. But I, oh, that'd be fitting. That'd be fitting. I mean, that's why they, I was never allowed to talk to the media when I was a player. Um, but I was I a captain. Uh, so my I'm, teammates I'm like, love me, but I'm no, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. But I, like I said, it just comes down to like, like, you go watch that film, Maris. Like, Maris, you watch yourself, you know, rally to the ball or try to rally to that ball on that wide receiver screen. And, I mean, that should keep you up at night. I mean, you should be embarrassed of yourself because you're better than that. So it's everybody holding themselves to a higher, uh, a higher standard. And I, I just, like I said, I just think, I think it's been this whole off season. I just think it's been la la land. We picked our coach. We're Notre Dame. We're so good. We're a brotherhood energy, positivity, whatever. And it's just like, Oh, you got punched in the face. You know, you came out on fire first half of Ohio state. You gotta, you gotta come back. All right. Um, Hey, I'm a dolphins fan, by the way, good win for the freaking dolphins. I think that's like a, two is undefeated against the Patriots. This is, this is a great day after, you know, yesterday was was awful. It's been good today. Nice, um, man. Yeah. Hey, folks, go to blueandgold.com, by the way. Got a story up on Jeremiah Love, the four-star running back who was on campus. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the Irish are still in good shape there. He, he looks down to Notre Dame and AM, and both of those teams had embarrassing losses. I think they're both Sunbelt schools. So, uh, I don't know. Irish are still looking good there. Check out the coverage. Um, Milton fan says, who did Chris Tyree piss off? And is uh, and Marcus Freeman is right guy. I'm guessing four job. I guess that's what he's meaning. 
My, M- Marcus Freeman is the right guy to do the job. Or are you saying that mf is is uh, the right guy to do the job? Either way, I agree with you on Freeman. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a big challenge for him because it's like, yeah, I think he's been loving the team up. A lot of love, right? And, uh, you know, you cannot, you can't be too much of a player's coach. You can't be one of the boys because – and I've, I've watched it happen with various position coaches and stuff through my playing career. Like if a position coach becomes one of the boys in that room, you lose a certain level of respect. Uh, I do think the players respect Coach Freeman immensely. Clearly they do. But he's going to have to rule with a little bit more of a, an iron fist and switch gears. And if, if that's the gear that he's going to – the lever he's going to pull – he has to stay consistent with it because that's all we want from our coaches is consistency. And I feel like it's been a lot of love. Um, but sometimes, I mean, football's a <laughs> football's football, dude. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, like you see Coach Saban. I mean, Coach Saban's never in a good mood, rarely ever. You know, Bel- Belichick's rarely in a good mood. I mean, they hold their team to a high, high standard. And, um I think it, I think a lot of it though starts in the 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 with with the players in terms of creating their own kind of culture of playing hard and whatever you thought if you guys thought you were tough, you ain't. Looking for a, uh, a Chris Totten. If you have a oh never mind, just saw it. Um, dropped a super chat and I got his question. Um, I'm getting hate in the comments. Everyone just wants ghouls be unfiltered. Hey, I'm I'm giving it to him. Yeah, you guys calm your shit a little bit. Um, I can't I can't ever see these comments, Mike. You don't need to. They're fine. Yeah, I agree. All right, Paul says if Buckner's your feature running back, the team is not going to win games because he's not built to take the beating that a real running back does. I'm not sure that's fair, Paul, but there is something to he's your quarterback and if he hurts his shoulder, I mean, I mean, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, it's, you don't want your quarterback getting hurt. So that's that's what I said. I mean, the, the more you run them, no, we the, all agree. The, the more yeah, dynamic but, but, your but, offense but, is, but the more likely it is to come out of the game. So what do you do? But you know, it's it's uh, I th- they did a thirty for thirty on Mike Vick, right? And Mike Vick said he talked about how he did. You see that, Mike? Anyways. I, Go back and watch it. It's on your DVR somewhere. But he talked about he played so fast that he could never slide. He was like he was going so fast he couldn't get down to slide, right? There's an element to that with Tyler in that he's stressed out, and there's a lot of anxiety. I mean, you see him in the huddle, like, trying to play the call, call you know, re- re- relay the play calls, et cetera. Like, he's stressed out. Like, take a half a Xanax before the game, then go play. So some of this stuff he's playing so fast that he's not able to, like, protect himself. For one thing, because I agree with the I agree with the question there, but then secondly, there's two types of or variations of a quarterback run. There's something he creates spontaneously in terms of like one two pull it down and make something happen, and then teach your receivers how to run a scramble drill. And then there's the design quarterback runs, and the design quarterback run can't really be like one of the three or four pillars of your offense. It just can't be because, like I said last week, guys like me are going to fit it as if you were a 230 pound running back, right? It, it's a lot tougher play for a defense to make if he's just uh freewheeling out there. Yeah. Got a couple more uh, 
Super chat. Susan saying Freeman too soft question mark. Hard to fathom with his background as player and coach, but yeah, culture wake up call needed. I don't know if anyone's called Freeman soft. I think maybe they're, yeah, I didn't call Freeman soft, Susan, just to be clear, but thank you for the super chat. I'm saying maybe Freeman's approach with the team and he's never really been in this role, right? Um, it's been a little bit too soft in terms of like too much love. It's a very young staff, which lends itself to a lot of love. But when those players turn on the film, um, you know, their toes have got to be cringing like, oh, shit, because I'm about to get my ass chewed, right? Speaking of getting ass chewed, super uh, our chat right now, Mike, have, have I ever not been honest? <laughs> I come on this show and I say things all the time that I know is going to piss you guys off. I got like, oh, Mike, I can't believe you're not a Notre Dame fan. I lost respect for you. Like, I didn't grow up a Notre Dame fan. What do you want me to do? Like, we will lie to you and tell you I've been. Well, there's one thing. There's one thing I've talked about this. My Especially like when I really first started doing this, I might say hypothetically, you know, my favorite color is green. And then people will be like, I can't believe Goolsby's favorite color is red. It's like, I didn't say that. So it's not on, <laughs> it's not on us, Mike. People are going to interpret or hear however they want to hear it through their own filter. So that's, a, that's always been, that's really been interesting and almost bizarre at times. Like, Goolsby, I didn't say that. Well, the problem's not with you. But I'm just saying, yeah. people, if you're like, I don't like singer, I'm just here for Goolsby. I'm not going anywhere. You see this face? People are angry. Yeah, you Mike, you've gotten face? better and better. I couldn't do the show without you, and you've gotten better and better and better as a co-host. So I'm yeah. grateful for eat you. Shorts. you a great job. Eat my shorts. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, Chris says, I heard a soundbite that they have multiple packages for each running back. Mm-hmm. Tim's talked about that. I guess Freeman dropped that in a press conference earlier this week. Is this true? How the hell is the line supposed to learn a whole new offense forever? Who's toting the rock? And, and great question, Chris. But and more importantly, um, if you want to talk about predict predictability, so it's only going to get worse in terms of like lack of execution and in, in defensive teams kind of gumming up our plan so if they say oh well, estimates in the game we're going to get these 12 plays and if tyree's in the game we're going to get these 12 plays and hopefully Diggs isn't in the game um but yeah you've got to be able to, but that's that's another thing and you and tim touched on this last night so you've got three running backs that uh in a way are completely different i mean estimate and tyree couldn't be more different and logan Diggs hypothetically would be kind of a blend of the two. Um, and then like you, you guys were talking about that with the quarterbacks, right? It's like, if you're going to run this RPO thing, well, then you recruited Angeli. And that's the concerning part. When I listened to you guys talk about that last night, it was like when I was back as a player under Davey and Kevin Rogers was the offensive coordinator and Kevin Rogers built his success off of the back of Donovan McNabb at Syracuse. So you had like Arnaz Battle playing quarterback option, true option, who went on to play receiver in the NFL, athlete, you know. And then your backup was Gary Gotze, who uh, I love him, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. But like Gary's like 6'8", you know, 250, and might not have a quick twitch muscle fiber in his body. So like why is he your backup in an, off- an option offense? So that's a little concerning too, like when you look at 
the quarterback room at this point in terms of the lack of identity. If you're going to build an offense around Buckner and then Pine comes in and he's not quite the same athlete, like what are you going to do? Yeah. Gotcha, Mike. All right, a couple more. Um, it's an interesting one. Not unprecedented for Notre Dame head coach to quietly take over play calling. Obviously, if Freeman's going to take over play calling, it would be defensively. Do you think that's necessary, Mike? Like, do you think Al Golden has been doing an okay job? Um, yes, but I want to make this clear. Like, there's two parts to like a play call. So there's like, there's the play call, and then there's the execution. You know, there's it's two separate things. So Reese might be calling a good play, but then, you know. Alt, uh, and the second drive, we had like two penalties on our second drive. Like that stuff is on the players. That stuff is on the players. Reese doesn't, Reese doesn't call a play and be like, okay, you know, 32 stick Y banana or whatever, right? That John Gruden play call, whatever it is. Oh, and then he tags it with uh, Patterson jump off sides, you know, and then delay the drive. That's not part of the play call. You know, he doesn't call whatever, Golden doesn't call whatever scheme on defense and says hey Foskey disappear you know don't make a play hey Maris don't run to the football hey Bo don't fill the a gap like devil's advocate play call devil, there's, devil's there's advocate. The play call and there's the execution bro De- devil's advocate would be those things are trained up in like practice right that's the sign of a well-coached team when you don't jump offside so or, or have a false start I should say so I mean do you, do you blame any of that on the player's preparation? I got a three-year-old Mastiff. He made an appearance on the show one time, Mike. Did. Okay. He's a sweetie boy, dude. Love that dog. Should have him up, come upstairs. Love a good illustration. Took me, took me, I don't know. I got him in eight weeks. Maybe took me three weeks to train him to go potty outside. I don't practice that with him anymore. He just knows it. And he's a dog. Not a bright dog either. He's sweet. So do we need to be practicing to run to the ball on defense? To a degree, yes. But these are players that have been in the program long enough where that should just be in their DNA. The dog knows I go potty outside. That's my answer. I love it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Brandon says, can we get Estime running downhill? Why don't we get him pounding defenses? So Estime, 10 carries, 33 yards. Uh, had the long of 15, which I, th- I want to say is one he bounced outside to his left. But, yeah, he hasn't really uh, gotten involved too much. Well, again, there's one of his first carries. Folks, he's square, you know, pre-snap. He takes the ball, and his track is – facing to the sidelines as if he's running off the field. That's not the way God didn't put Audric Estime on the earth to run horizontally into the sidelines. Now with that, the play call, the execution, 
So if we're not moving people, we never, we haven't moved people since God knows when. We didn't move people last year as far as the offensive line is concerned. Um, and then, like, but, like, you go wet, watch. Again, I'm watching Georgia Southern Nebraska. I'm watching Marshall play football. They get six yards in the first down. And then their offensive coordinator looks like a genius. We don't mm-hmm. get anything. And now you're putting it on Tyler. It's third and ten or worse. You know? So – the loss, Mike, for the third time, I want to make it clear, is on the offensive line and on the defense. So I, I just want to add this, just make things clear. Mike, I've been doing these shows for, what, th- it's our third season. Mike thinks for everything from the player standpoint. He's a former Notre Dame linebacker and captain. When things are not getting done, Mike's usually not the guy to go after the coaches because he wasn't a coach. He's, he was a Notre Dame player. And you're like, these guys should be doing better. Like, cause you're thinking of if, is if you were in that locker room and what captain Mike would be doing. Am I right in, in that assessment? Yeah. I mean, like if you miss a tackle, like if you miss a tackle, uh, like, yeah, it's just like, ugh, like you're sick about it. Cause I'm better than that. Like I shouldn't miss that tackle, you know, and that's nobody's fault but my own. Maybe the coach is in my ear and I'm like getting anxious I'm worried he's going to pull me or something like that. So I'm like playing a little bit tight. That's coaching to a degree. But when it's like one-on-one and I screw up or I jump off sides or I have a penalty or whatever, yeah, that's on me as a player, man. I mean, self-accountability is a big, 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 you know, uh, big part of my value system, you know, as a human being. And I think that – uh that's like, again, that's, that's on the players. And I just, that some of this brotherhood stuff and like the lovey dovey stuff and the off season and stuff, I think that Notre Dame think thought, oh, I don't think they think this any longer, but I think they thought that they were better than they are. That's what I think. I like this comment from Patrick coaches, get you to the water players. Got a drink. There you go. I like yeah. It. All right. We got a they few. Say that about, they say that about horses too, right? They do. We're going to go a few more minutes or really just as long as the super chats keep coming in. So um, we will drop a few and uh, yeah, if you want any questions answered by Mr. Goolsby, we're only taking them for super chats tonight. Um, Robert says player, best players, Jalen's needs, bias, Merriweather, Chris Tyree, where's the heart and anger and toughness. Yeah. Ty, I mean, there's a point during our message board at blue and gold.com $1 for one year, by the way, where it was like, is, is Tyree playing? Is he hurt? Like where the heck is Chris Tyree? Again, he only touched the ball five times. Um, so um, yeah, Mike, what, what are your thoughts about three, three guys, these three guys. And I know you feel always strongly about playing the young guys. Uh, yeah. All things being equal, you play the young guys coaching, um, not coaching, like analyzing players. It's production versus potential. So if I have five years of film of Bo Bauer with limited production, at this point I know whether he has potential or not. So it's like a guy like I'm, – I'm going to interchange here Kali for Sneed. Um, yeah, I mean roll Kali out and roll Tobias Merriweather out there in exchange – for Jaden Thomas, maybe. I just see what you've got there. Sneed, folks, and it's so funny how much his like high school career kind of mirrored Kali. So Sneed played like safety, Mike, linebacker, defensive end as a junior. And then yeah. as a senior, he sort of played this like hybrid eight, nine, eight to ten eight yards deep. deep. 
just literally see ball, get ball. That's all he did. So it's going to take time for Snead to understand like gap responsibility and whatever. And I've heard some things about Snead personality wise uh, that he's a bit of a handful and I love it. I love it. Like good kid, uh, probably got some spunk to him. And it's like, those are the type of kids that we need out there. Um, but yes, Snead's going to take some time, huge upside, very excited for him. Uh, you saw Batello play last night, but, uh, yeah, give me a guy at the linebacker position that's going to run downhill. And obviously if Tobias Merriweather is, um, the reason that coaches sometimes don't play like young kids that are bursting with potential is they're worried, right? He's going to help. He's going to make me lose my job. He's going to run the wrong route. We're going to get a pick. But at this point, dude, everything that we've been playing for, like the big, big goals long-term for this season, they're out the window. So let's see what we've got. And then, um, and then if somebody, you know, if you're that veteran and you get passed up by a young kid, um, and you go into the tank that says everything about, I mean, that should make you play better as a, as an older dude, because you know what it takes to be successful and you have to go back into that. Um, so yeah, I'm all for playing younger kids, especially some of these kids. Mike, I think we got one of your former teammates in here. Does Derek Curry oh, ring a bell? DC? He, I love DC him. says lovey dovey. Mike, I'm pretty sure we said love you, bro. After every game, our senior year, LOL. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. So Derek, is a co-captain of mine. And I've said it on this show, DC. Uh, I love you. And DC got me lined up at, at least 30% of the time because we had a bad coach. <laughs> we had a bad coach and DC knew ball. And uh, I yeah, couldn't have done it without him, truly. I love that guy. But yeah, so lovey-dovey, but also, Derek, we held each other accountable. You know, I mean, Played hard. I didn't, I didn't want to let him down and he didn't want to let me down or any of our other teammates. So there's it's got to be a balance i appreciate the, the, the you joining us mr curry um milton fan we got four super chats we'll get to and again we're gonna go as long as uh, you guys keep dropping these so um yeah we're, we're easily bought here milton fan says spot on culture problem um the offensive rhythm kids not playing to potential um and not to make mistakes then multiple super chats equals my wife angry i feel you on that milton fan um it, it, what, what do you think on this one mike well like the like the culture and I, mike well i've taught i've told you about this so it's like notre dame football is different in that they they get they get great kids you know academics are important etc cetera, etc cetera. kelly recruited a lot of those like notre dame guys right but you need also need to have an, a couple wild cards thrown in the mix like a jordan batello like you got to bring in some guys that have some some shit to them and kind of let their hair hang down right? let their hair hang down so that's part of the culture thing um and then yeah i mean i don't i don't i wasn't in the off-season workouts and all that stuff but like everything was so perfect like you know they're picking their head coach and all that and then i, I feel like they forgot to go out and and, and execute you know because again ohio state doesn't care marshall doesn't care that you guys had this fairy tale story about, you know, Coach Kelly leaving unceremoniously, you guys hiring Freeman, et cetera, et cetera. Like the shit's getting real now, right? So, um, hopefully that answers the question. But yeah, there needs to be more more of an element of toughness, more of an uh, an element of really wanting to go out and compete. 
Um, Sounds like a linebacker. They've, they've got to bring that out of themselves. Go ahead. I was saying you sound like a true middle linebacker, Mike. Um, Donnie says, there are so many talented players on this team, but I feel like, especially on offense, the coaching staff doesn't have the confidence in them. What do you think? Well, so let me read that again. A lot of talented players in the team, but I feel like the offensive coaching staff doesn't have the confidence in them. I would say that after the Ohio State game, I would have, I would agree with that after the Ohio State game because the offense was sort of reserved. But I do think that that was the game plan. I think Freeman kind of said as much after the press conference, kind of taking that heat off of Coach Reese. So it's vanilla. You know, we're going to be in tight. You know, it's going to be a close fist fight. This game, we're going empty. We're going deep often and early. Uh, but, you know, talent is one thing, but then, like, you have to apply it, right? So, like, Bray Lindsey, I know the pass isn't perfect, bro. I'm sorry. But, like, you can still jump. You can leave the ground and, like, try and, like, make a, make a catch and get yourself on TV and play yourself in the NFL or not, you know, or not. Um, I mean, I mean – You've been here long enough, so it's ability is one thing, talent is one thing, but like the it's the potential versus the production. There's a lot of potential, but they have to go produce. Yeah, and and like I said, I mean, you you like you don't so so and so doesn't get a shot at the NFL. Like, oh, you're gonna blame your position coach or whatever because he didn't teach you to run to the ball harder. Like, no, that's on you. Fair enough. Eric, um, Eric says, "Would you?" I'm guessing this is assuming Buckner is no, out. No, don't even read the question. No, sorry, Eric. No, it's not Tyler's fault. Listen to what we're saying. No, no, no. He's it's, saying, "Would you consider starting Angeli over Pine if Buckner is out? Would you go Angeli or would you go Pine?" Oh, um, I, I'll play along there, Eric. Yes, put Angeli under center, maybe even literally under center, and then just run the ball. Maybe so, you know. So I mean, if, if you put in and if you put a, an inexperienced quarterback like Angeli, who, I mean, realistically, dude, there's no way he has a grasp of the playbook because they they they've had to been dosing Tyler with rep after rep after rep to get him caught up. But if you did put Angeli in, it would really force your hand um, to go back to just running the ball and playing defense, which should be the identity of this team. So I, I'll play along. Go for it. As someone who loves Steve Angeli, I would say no. <laughs> J Pat, uh, another super chat here. Um, I am one ND gal. Appreciate this. J Pat was brought in as center. Isn't he right to be frustrated that he's playing out of position uh, so that a less productive player could play center? I want to say he's recruited to play tackle. He, he's one of those guys who could play anywhere. He's not that. I don't know if he's got a tackle frame though, Mike. Maybe you can answer that better than me. Yeah, he's a little. Yeah, he's a little. Uh, he's not an NFL tackle. So, I mean, I think, I think if, if a guy like Harry Heastan, if he is all he's, you know, touted to be, if Heastan recommends you play guard over center, go do it. And you're just showing, I mean, a guy like Patterson's not going to be a first or second round pick anyways, as an interior player. I, I don't see him as a dominant, never, never looked at him as a dominant player. Um, but it, you know, that's, that's the selling point to Jared is go play guard, help the team and you're showcasing yourself at a different position to the NFL. So, I mean, if you can play three spots on, on an offensive line in the NFL, you can play for a very long time. 
We're caught up on chats. I'm just going to ask you one more question, Ghouls B, and then if any other uh, super chats come in, we'll uh, we'll go to those. Otherwise, we'll, we'll go ahead and end it. But oh, of course, we just got one. Um, but I'll go with my first. A lot of people in the chat. Oh, Fire Reese, Fire Golden, Fire whoever. Do you? Th- and I asked Tim Hyde this question. I'll ask you as well. Like, does that change anything? Like, I, I, like. Should Notre Dame be getting rid of any coordinators right now? Does that do you any good? Like at or at what point do you go that route if you're Marcus Freeman? Um so what's the expression, Mike? Before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes, right? And I would walk a mile in Reese's shoes because they'd be expensive because he's making two million bucks a year. However, what would you call? So what would you, what type of scheme would all these people in the chat and Notre Dame nation that are calling for Reese's head, I'll grant you that, but what would you do? So like your screens, your screens, screens, okay. that's it. That's all I see. So we'll go back Where to, yeah, go back to the Charlie Weiss there. A lot of screens and a lot of draws, man. So, but you know, your interior line is trash, your receiver group, you've got one playmaker in the group in styles, you've got a tight end. You have three young backs. I mean, I look at Tyree as even young, and you've got a young quarterback. Reese has tried a lot of different things. Um, you know, we were vanilla week one. This week, we tried everything from five wide to 13 personnel to tempo to everything. I think it's like, whatever it is, we're going to dumb down the package. We're going to strip the package down and we're going to focus on execution. I mean, I, I have daydreams about being a high school football coach often, Mike, and the older I get, the probably the closer I get to it. It's like, well, what would I do? You know, what, what, what scheme? I don't think I would try and out scheme people. I think I would try and out technique people. I think I would, I would, you know, I think I'd keep everything simple and I would just execute because it's high school football. Football is not that complicated. So I think that's probably the move is to stick to running the ball, do your little play action routes, use the middle of the field, stop running out routes. He'll run an out route to the wide side of the field. Like no quarterback is making that throw save for, you know, a very few, very few physically. It's a, it's a 50 yard pass sideways. Like why would you even have that route combination? But I think it comes down to players, looking at themselves, executing, playing fundamental football, playing physical football, and then go from there. Okay. Thoughts on the Cal game, Mike? And thank you for the super chat, everybody, and especially Jim here. They better they better win. I mean, when I think of the Pac-12, I think soft, right? Um, and I can remember, like, I think when we were playing SC way back when I was in school, we'd be playing – Southern Cal or Stanford or whatever, watching game film against Cal. And like Cal is like, like they're not good. They're soft, right? So it's like if you were looking for a, let's say you're a title contender, Mike, you know, you're you're rising up the ranks and you get you get you lose a you lose a a, a match, boxing match, you know, you're just looking for a a punching bag. Like Cal should be a punching bag. In terms of like if, if what I'm sort of calling for the physicality, bring that physical brand of football that we wanted to we wanted to win with against Ohio State, a team like Cal's perfect just because they're West Coast kids, 
typically speaking, I think they're kind of soft, and we should just run it down their throats, please. Notre Dame's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite against Cal. I will, oh, I don't know about that. That's That seems a lot of points. Right? 12-and-a-half? I don't know. I don't know. Scored 35 points in two games? Well, did so I, I, I put a couple parlays in this week, Mike, and uh, um, Notre Dame was like one of my picks to click. I was like, oh, no way. You know, so – was was twenty and a half points too much when you looked at the uh, Marshall game? I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I predicted Notre Dame big, but I didn't feel good about it at all. Mm-hmm. I, it was a hard overhead thing. My head was like, "This is gonna be a struggle." I texted Tim High before the game. You're gonna ask him. I was like, "I think Notre Dame's gonna struggle in this one." I obviously didn't think it was gonna be freaking a loss. Um, but why is that, Mike? That's what we're talking about. Why is it that like we know we're the better team? We know we have better athletes, higher rated recruits, on and on and on. All right, you so just never really know. Hold on, Mike. People are saying it's not 12 and a half. I've got Odd Shark pulled up here. It's literally saying, look at all these books. It's all 12 and a half. So I don't know where you're seeing two and a half. It's definitely 12 and a half. Um, so sorry, continue, Mike. No, I was just going to say, I mean, what is it? I mean, I, and I felt that as a player sometimes, it was like we'd come out against a top 10 team in Michigan and play with our hair on fire. And then there's other games where it's like you didn't know what team was going to kind of show up. And I don't know what that is about Notre Dame. I think it's those day games at Notre Dame. It's tough to get up for. But like you were saying, like, well, I thought we were going to win big, but I wasn't really 100% confident. It's like, well, why not, right? And we all sort of feel that same thing. And I felt it as a player in terms of, yeah, what brand of football. But we should be good enough. We're just good enough that we're going to win. It's just – by how much, right? And All right. yeah, yeah. One more thing, Mike. This is not a super chat. But I just thought this was great. It's something. It's a great observation. Something that you were texting us about during the game was Mike talk about how awful the linebacker blitz they ran directly into blocking. And I know you're not happy about the the what do you call it, twist that they do? Just, you know, call it whatever you want. Like yeah, cross dog where it's like this. So I love this question from Theo here. And I was thinking about this. And and this is me just trying to, again, come up with a random theory here. But, like, we're going to play physical football all all offseason, all training camp. We're going to play physical. We're going to create a fist fight against Ohio State. And, like, I'm going to use Marist again. Marist loves to just run into stuff, right? And I think – He's like, oh, I'm playing physical. Like, I'm going to blow this guard up. It's like, well, Maris, if you're 230 and that guard's 320, you're not blowing anybody up. Like, physics doesn't work like that. Your job, Maris, is to make plays, right? So it's like, I almost feel like that these kids have been conditioned to, like, play physical, but it's like they forget to actually finish. Does that make sense? Sure. Because um, like he'll come downhill a million miles an hour, hair flying everywhere, and just give himself up on plays. And it's like, it's not the kickoff team. You're not the wedge buster on the kickoff team. You're supposed to go make a tackle. Um, so that might be coaching because they don't finish the they don't finish plays. And uh, we have to blitz them so much, Mike and Theo, because instinctually they don't have a feel on how to insert on the – I mean, this stuff isn't complicated. Like if the running back's deeper than the quarterback, odds are he's going to get the ball. Oh, okay, running back's to the left, tight end to the right. 
they're going to run the ball right here and they don't feel it like you know you have to fit in there like they don't do it so i don't i don't know what that is i mean everybody's jerking off james laronitis and all this like i mean they haven't played well um and then the killer part is hope Derek curry's still watching two of their captains are in that linebacker room you know two of them and i'm dc remembers this like we played again i'm going back to being uncle rico dude uh you know start playing glory days but like we beat tennessee you know derek and i ran the show dude the whole game like we were we're getting everybody lined up like dialed in like once in a lifetime thing and we both cried in the locker room because we were exhausted like looked at each other and cried you know there he is but dc remembers this like we were calling we were calling it like because we were like we're gonna like we won that game you know and then um i don't know man oof Takes their cap to ice. Nothing worse than a fake tough guy. And uh, like I said, I saw it in the Nebraska game. There's, you know, two minutes left and their big defensive tackles yelling at everybody. It's like Isaiah Foskey's yelling at everybody five minutes left of the game. That leadership status, whatever, that's like, that's got to be, all that hay's got to be in the barn way before that. The, the, the chat, you guys are killing me right now. I'm laughing so hard. Outside says, Father, <laughs> Fire Father Jenkins and Jack Swarbrick. And Searcher Green says, who exactly would be firing Jenkins, the Pope? That's great. <laughs> you guys are killing me. Oh, that was funny. Um, yeah, call the Vatican. <laughs> we need all the help we can give. I'm crying. Um, Void Walker 2006 says, "Could the stacked transfers made the difference?" Do you know, you know what this is in reference to? Well, they were, during the broadcast, they said that Marshall had brought in like forty something transfers. Oh, okay, For, okay. I think yeah. that's. I think that's clearly. I mean, other than Notre Dame crap in the bed, like Marshall, Marshall was pretty good, dude. That quarterback. Well, this is what we talked about, Mike. Like again, goes back to kids that love football kids that need and, and to a degree need football that Mike. running back form, former five-star oh, yeah. goes goes to fsu he's working driving ubers you don't think that kid mm-hmm. you don't think that kid's going to take take advantage of this opportunity to play on national television at notre dame stadium you know what i'm saying uh he's seen what the other side looks like he's yeah. back in the game so that's sometimes what transfers can can bring to you i mean look at our punter <laughs> you know, hey, the Harvard grad, our Harvard grad punter needs football, man. The poor kid. So yes, there is there is an element to that, and if, I mean, if, if, if Notre Dame would be a, a really interesting program to, the academic hurdle is always going to be a thing, but they've got such a nice culture where I do think you could bring in. And we have seen success with transfers: Brandon Joseph, Ben Skronik, Cade Madden, that All American, him, you know. Dude, this game was payback for all the grief that I've given Cade Madden, by the way. You know, you say that again, Mike. I said this game is payback for all the grief that I've given Cade Madden over the years. You know, the Marshall thing. Yeah, I wonder what he was thinking. I wonder what Cade Madden's doing right now. Oh, he's not in the NFL. Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. He's starting for the Rams. That's right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Mike, that was I, fun, uh, Mike. Any closing thoughts before we sign off? I think that uh, how how about a, how about a where where do you see this team going from here on out? Zero and two, and uh, I can pull up the schedule th- these next few yeah, games it it, again. Mike, X player, one game at a time, buddy. All right, Cal. So, so you, yeah, Cal. I think a team like Cal, we should bully them 
and I hate to use the word bully. It has such a negative connotation, but we should bully Cal, like bully him. Um, that's what, that's really what I'm looking for is, is to get a fresh start. You know, it's like, I'm going to use a terrible analogy. I'm not even going to use it, but yeah, that's, that's, they should, they should get beat up. Um, should be a very physical, violent game, play hard, simplify the offense, get an identity as an offense, get an identity as a team. Are we, are we as tough and as hard as we thought we were leading up to Ohio State and the first half? And again, play the way you played in the first half defensively against Ohio State and sustain it. You know, be mature enough to understand that, like, you're not going to win the game with one punch. You, if you're going to be a badass, you gotta, you got to live it. It's a lifestyle. You can't just put that, take that hat off and on. We're both corner sons of NFL players. I can't. I, I, the one was a brother. The one was a brother of Stephon brother, Gilmore. Yeah, Gilmore. He was a Hall of Famer. And I think the other one was his father was an NFL player. And the, yeah, the, the commentators I thought did a good job. Uh, I don't like the nepotism with Collinsworth, but I think he does a good job. And um, I, I, I like. Uh, you know, a guy like Jason Garrett, who I like the X's and O's piece to it. I, I personally do. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I thought I thought they were both fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it, it's it, it's just crazy to me when we start talking about the rest of the way and everyone's saying four and eight, two and at ten. I'm like, I just got so much shit the other week for not picking Notre Dame to beat Ohio State, and now the fan base is saying two and ten. It's like, how fast? It, Tim Hyde was saying twelve and zero, and now it's like, all right, yeah. Bowl game. Lucky if we get. To, it's just crazy. Well, um, I mean, yeah, some of that stuff's it's it's fun, right? Sports is fun, but you're breaking in a new quarterback. You got a brand new head coach. Um, we do have a lot of talent, which is easy to get excited about, but potential versus production. If they don't go produce and they don't go execute, if this is a whole thing, man. Part of that, to a degree, some of that's on the coach. But it ain't Coach Freeman's fault. It's not Al Golden's fault. It's not James, James Laronitis's fault that you don't run to the ball and that we haven't created a single turnover. That comes down to, like, desire. And if you've already made it as a team, if you've already made it, if you're already there, because that's what you've lived, been living in this la-la land all, all offseason, if you're already there, then why would I have to go play hard? And now you're getting a, a dose of reality. You aren't as good as you thought you were. So go prove it to – the country and prove it to your your brothers. They're not as good as we thought they were, and they and we let them off the hook. We let them off the hook. That All right, great. Mike, let's wrap it up. All right, yeah. Update on Buckner's injury. We'll we'll find out more. Uh, uh, Marcus Freeman's press conference noon Eastern time. Make sure you lock in at blueandgold.com. I'm betting it's not that serious though. I don't, it's not a collarbone. I broke my collarbone too, and um, it hurts. So you're not up like walking around. I'm thinking AC joint, something like that. Well, we will have coverage at bloomandgold.com written-wise, and we'll have a video reaction um, from Tyler Horker, who will be covering the press conference himself. Shout out um, to D.C., by the way. Shout out to yeah. D.C. Curry, appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, so lock in our YouTube channel, bloomandgold.com. Appreciate everyone for uh, stick around and watching, and as always, we'll catch you next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.